Have you ever woken up from a terrible nightmare and wondered what it meant? Wondered why monsters stalk you within your subconscious mind? Hi, I'm Charlie Conlon, creator of the Knowing My Nightmares podcast. Turn off your lights, put your headphones on, and listen as each episode is like a campfire-style horror story based on my actual nightmares. I then break down each element within the dream, explaining what messages your subconscious is trying to tell you, and what it could mean in your waking life, as well as exploring the lore behind the supernatural monsters within the nightmare. Subscribe to the Knowing My Nightmares podcast. It's immersive, informative, and frightening. Remember, if things get too scary, you can always wake up. MacGyver, SG-1, Audio Series, Chapter 8, Sliding Scale, The Past. The thick smell of dust and papyrus hung in the air as MacGyver gently leafed through one of the many big old books Daniel Jackson kept in his storage room slash office workspace. He had to remind himself that these words had more meaning than just folklore and superstition like the rest of civilization always believed. These tales came from societies that were actually ruled by aliens posing as their gods. As tired as he was, he couldn't help but dig a little deeper and deeper. A few hours ago, He was let in on the biggest secret in the world. General George Hammond not only informed the troubleshooter of the Stargate program, but asked him to join it as well. It was all too much to take in at once. Aliens and portals and who knows what else. He asked for some time to consider his options and to learn more about what he might be getting himself into. Hammond graciously and eagerly agreed and invited him to roam the facility. The first stop, Daniel's office. Since he was the one to figure out the symbols to the gate, Mac figured his notes were the best place to start. He had been there about an hour before he heard someone enter behind him. Uh, hey Mac. 
How you doing in here? Mac turned to see Daniel dressed in his BDUs and standing relaxed and approachable with his hands in his pockets. Oh, hey, Daniel. Uh, I hope you don't mind. I, Tilk showed me in. Yeah, oh, sure. You finding everything okay? Um, yeah, I think so. Man, I have a lot of questions. Yeah, you should. Uh, I'm on break from going over the device you helped open, so I have some time. You hungry? I, um, I was on my way to join Tilk for lunch. Starving. As they made their way down the hall and towards the cafeteria, Daniel started off. It's pretty cool, isn't it? The whole discovery thing? Mac nodded in confirmation. I can't get enough of it. Did you hear the general offered me a job? Daniel's eyes raised. Here? At the base? Well, that's great! The archaeologist was filled with excitement. A new like-minded and highly intelligent person would be there to go over any new artifacts and figure out histories of ancient societies. You gonna accept? Mac shrugged. I, I don't know. I've never really imagined myself moving again. Or taking on any other job since finding a son, but... On the other hand, this stuff is fascinating. Jackson was agreeing as the two entered the dining room filled with soldiers from all branches of the service. The two joined the line of people waiting to be served food and started to collect utensils and some a la carte items like jello, pie, and cake. Mac tried to see what heated items were waiting for him down the line. He quietly leaned into Daniel standing next to him. They got any healthy options here? Taking a second to push his glasses up on the bridge of his nose, the archaeologist thought before answering. Uh, well, yeah. It doesn't always taste great. But there's always salad and Oh, veggie lasagna and specials on any given day. In the end, Mac decided on a veggie burger, side salad, and some orange jello. After getting their trays, the two made their way through the semi-filled tables until they found Tilk sitting alone eating one of his many plates of food. Hey, Tilk. How you doing? I am fine, MacGyver. Have you decided to join the SGC yet? This caused Daniel to glance up surprised as he sat across from his teammate. Wait, Tilk knew? I was the one to escort MacGyver to your office from General Hammonds. This led an opening for Mac to start asking deeper questions. Um... Jack mentioned you used to be, uh... One of the... I was first primed to Apophis. From the time I was born, I was raised to believe my purpose was to live and die for him. 
What made you break away? It was Master Braytak, my mentor, who taught me the truth. As MacGyver took a bite of his burger, he imagined what life must have been like. So, what made you uh, finally decide to leave? O'Neill was all that Jaffa responded before looking down to shovel pasta into his mouth. Mac looked over to Daniel, sitting next to him, looking for more. He smiled before adding to the story. Uh, on our first mission, we were captured by Tilk and his men. Apophis ordered him to kill us and all the others there. Okay, so what happened? Jack O'Neill happened. Eyes turned towards Tilk to finish the story. I recognized a kindred spirit in O'Neill and an unrelenting warrior's heart. I felt if I was to rid the universe of false gods and free the Jaffa people, I would need to join forces with such a person. The troubleshooter put his burger down while trying to grasp such a decision. Just... just like that? Stoically, Tilk looked up. No. Daniel put his fork of corn down. Tilk had to leave behind his family. We ended up going back for them later, but it wasn't easy. So now you live here. Indeed. The SGC has become my home, and SG-1 my family. This caused both Daniel and Mac to smile. And you guys go on all these dangerous missions to other worlds, huh? Well, what's Jack like? Both Daniel and Teal'c exchanged a glance. The Jaffa straightened his posture with pride before answering with a smile. O'Neill is a noble warrior and a wise leader. Mac then turned his attention towards the archaeologist waiting for his response. He took a sip of water first. Um, Jack can be hard to read. He comes off as cranky at first. Dead antagonistic, immature. But once you get past that, he took a moment to choose his words. He's one of the greatest people I know. Mac looked down at his tray as he moved his salad around. Yeah, I get the cranky bit. Not so sure he necessarily likes me. Well, you have to understand, when I met him, he treated me the same way. His son had recently died. I think... I think he's afraid to let anyone close to him at first because he can't stand the thought of losing anyone else. He pretends to be standoffish, but he's actually a big goof. Oh, yeah? Oh, you have no idea. 
He's the king of sarcasm and pretends to not be too quick if he thinks it's funny. Max smirked at the thought. He hoped he could see him that way. Believe me, as much as we argue and debate, there's no one I trust more. The three took a moment to eat and think over the conversation before Daniel continued. Can I tell you something? I think Jack is actually excited to have you around. I don't know about that. He seems... uneasy. Well, can you blame him? I mean, think of it from his point of view. Not only does he now have family he never knew, but it's his twin. And it's you. Someone known in certain circles as almost superhuman. Mac rolled his eyes at the thought. He's intimidated, Mac. He doesn't know if he can relate to you. Okay, well, what do you guys think I should... Just then, Jack came in and spotted them. As he made his way over to them, they took a bite from their plates. Hey, boys. How's it going? He asked as he pulled out a chair to sit next to Tilk. Daniel Jackson answered first. Hey, Jack. Tilk and I were just filling Mac in on what it's like here. Oh, yeah? Got clearances and all that, huh? He caught the look Mac and Daniel gave each other. What? What's going on? Mac sat back before answering. General Hammond offered me a position at the SGC. Jack's eyes widened. Oh, well, cool. You gonna take it? Mac was somewhat surprised at his brother's reaction. Well, I don't know. What do you think? He glanced around to Daniel as if to say, let's see if you're right. Yeah, sure. It'll be fun. You can do, you know, your thing. Mac's eyes narrowed. Jack, do you have any idea what I used to do? Yeah, sure. You would, um, go around and help people, right? He glanced between Daniel and Mac for some type of confirmation. Okay. How? The troubleshooter asked. Jack paused for a moment before giving up. Okay, you got me. I have no idea what a troubleshooter is. How's that work? You get called for what? When a person goes missing or... Mac nodded as he finished swallowing his food. Yeah, sometimes, basically. 
I mean, there are times a strike team isn't the right call when they needed someone to get in and out undetected. I'd get the call. The other three were now completely engrossed in Mac's story. Sometimes it would be a hostage situation or retrieving some delicate information or device. Other times I got to take part in peace negotiations or test the security of some high-tech facility. It was pretty exciting. Jack's fingers were interwoven in front of him on the table as he listened. What made you quit? Sam. My Sam, not yours. Daniel looked down as he smirked. Once I found out I had a son, well, nothing else seemed to matter. I was so happy and guilty at the same time. I I mean, imagine knowing you should have been part of your son's life, but you missed it. O'Neill's eyes looked down. I do know. Before the Stargate program, I was too busy being the good soldier and not home enough with my family. You always assume there's enough time. But I'd be in Afghanistan on my son's birthday and I'd tell myself I'd be at the next one. Then he was gone. Then on top of that, my wife was gone. I get it. There's no better reason to give up anything for your family. A moment of silence passed between the four out of respect for Jack's loss and his willingness to open up. Mac reached out to touch Jack's arm. So you get it. Yeah. I get it. Mac turned towards Tilk and Daniel. You two have kids? Daniel shook his head as the Jaffa beamed with pride. Indeed I have. My son, Ryak, is in training to be a great leader one day. Mac smiled and nodded in appreciation on Tilk's enthusiasm. Nice. Must be hard to be away from him. Tilk nodded in agreement as Daniel chimed in. This is not a job to take lightly. We are like family, not only because of all we've been through together, but because most of our free time is spent together, too. Other than Sam's dad and brother and Tilk's son, we're pretty much on our own. Max sat back in his chair as he thought for a moment. Yeah, about that. Jacob is Samantha's dad? And he shares his body with a Gould. Tokra, actually. Jackson was quick to correct him on behalf of the Jaffa sitting at the table. The Tokra are resistance fighters who only take hosts willingly. They're a little hard to read, but they're becoming reliable allies. Jack winced. You say so. I haven't met one I like. They're just so dang arrogant. It's the same with the Tolan. 
Just then Daniel remembered he had left the two representatives of those races alone in a room together. Oh, wow. I gotta go. I'll see you guys later. As he scooped up his tray from the table, the Jaffa did the same. I shall join you, Daniel Jackson. Thanks, Tilk. I might need backup. You boys have fun. Jack teased as his brother waved to them as they dumped their trays and headed out the mess hall. Now, the two relative strangers sat opposite from one another, thinking of what to say next. So, how often do you go off-world? Jack gestured toward a leftover carrot on his brother's plate. Mac quickly nodded and generously slid the tray closer for him to reach. Well, it depends. If we're gone less than a day, we might go three times a week. But if it's longer, we may only do one. It depends on the demand. General Hammond likes to make sure we get the time off we need so we don't get cabin fever down here. Jack smirked. Seems like a good man. The best, the colonel assured him. As he finished the last bit of carrot, Jack noticed the internal struggle on Mac's face. What? Well, my concern is... If I'm off-world... Mm-hmm. Am I expected to carry a gun? I won't do that. I don't use... Who says you'd even go off-world? Maybe you'll be a research guy. Maybe you can stay at the SGC and help Daniel. Or Carter, for that matter. Matt considered that for a moment. True... But I think I'd have a problem just sitting on the sidelines, too. I don't, I don't know. Jack was starting to get frustrated before it dawned on him. that? he said without thinking. A, a what? A Zat gun. We found these cool weapons that are less than lethal. Max squinted, trying to decipher his meaning. Less than lethal. How? Jack started to mime the Z-shape as he explained. They shoot a bolt of energy that stuns the enemy. So, like a phaser on Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. First shot. Jack looked down at the floor. What happens after the first shot, Jack? Well, the second kills. And the third? Disintegrates. Really? Jack nodded in confirmation. So... <laughs> I'd have to be careful then, huh? Jack nodded again with a smirk before asking the potential tough question. 
so what's the deal with you and guns anyway? Why so against them? A somber tome came over MacGyver as he settled in to explain. When I was a kid, a few of my friends and I took a gun to go target shooting. Jack's eyes began to well up. This story was hitting too close to home for him, but he continued to listen quietly. Well, Neil, Chuck, Jesse, and I saved enough money to go buy a box of bullets and head into the woods. We were shooting at some bottles, you know, when one of the guys decided he was going to shoot at a bird up on a branch. I, uh... I reacted without thinking and knocked the gun out of his hand. Jack took a hard swallow and nodded in understanding. Well, when the gun hit the ground, it went off. It shot Jesse right in the gut. He never made it to the hospital. A moment of mourning passed between them. Mac didn't know what to say, and Jack, but he couldn't say anything even if he wanted to. Eventually, Mac changed the topic a bit. I had a hard time in the Army. I kept clashing with my CO about carrying a weapon. Got written up a few times for not knowing protocol or just refusing to use the weapon. Jack wasn't surprised. You had an uphill climb, I guess. Well, eventually they moved me to the bomb squad. I think a lot of them were hoping I'd blow myself up. He said with a reflective smirk. He looked over to meet Jack's gaze before breaching the difficult topic. I can't... I can't imagine what you went through. Jack's face snapped in pain. What? With your son. I, I can't begin to understand what you went through. Jack looked at his brother with a mix of anger for breaching the subject and the pain of the topic. He took a breath before speaking. I almost didn't make it. I was ready to pack it in. You know? I was right outside when it happened, too. Just a few minutes from going in to see him. I went on that first mission to Abydos not expecting to come back. What made you keep going? Daniel, then Carter and Tilk. They, um, they distract me and give me focus. Max smiled at the thought. 
He suddenly pushed away from the table and grabbed his tray. Well, I'm ready to see Hammond. Jack jumped to his feet, too. Yeah? Made a decision, did you? Yeah. Pretty sure. He made his way to the garbage to dump his tray as his twin followed behind. I'm heading that way. I'll, I'll walk you. Minutes later, they were in the hallway of Hammond's office and debating the better hockey team. Oh, come on. The Kings haven't been good since Gretzky. True. But you gotta stay loyal, right? They both shared a chuckle. Jack patted his brother on the back. Well, good luck. Yell if you need me. Max smirked as his brother continued on his way. You bet. Come. As he opened the door and peeked in, Mac can see Hammond looking up from a file he'd been reading. A welcome smile shone on his face. Mr. MacGyver. Come in and have a seat. As he made his way in, the troubleshooter considered correcting the general on being so formal with his name but decided against it. Some folks are just set in their ways, and it was his way of showing respect. How goes your tour of the SGC? Find everything you need? Yes, sir. Uh, everything's been great. He sunk into the chair and braced himself for what was coming. What can I do for you? Well, sir... I think I've made my decision. George Hammond's eyes widened as he silently waited for the rest. As grateful as I am of the opportunity, I think I have to decline. Leaning forward on the open folder on his desk, the general kept an even tone. May I ask why? Well, it's a couple things. Go on. Mac shifted in his seat. Well, honestly, more than anything, I have a son. Before him, I nothing holding me down. I used to get last-minute assignments and be on a plane in an hour. I didn't even have a dog, so it didn't matter how long I was gone. Once you have kids, things change, you know? You don't live for yourself anymore. You... But isn't he grown? <sighs> Maybe, but he's still my kid, you know? Plus, I missed all those years of his life. I can't willingly walk away. I've got to admit, I am rather disappointed at your decision. I thought this would be right up your alley. Oh, it is. It is. It really is. But, I'd have to move. 
Yeah, I don't get to live the selfish, vagabond life I used to. Uh, plus, I don't think I could take another full-time job. I mean, as much as I love adventure, I, I really love being a dad more. I'm in a good place now. I've settled down. I have a quiet business to keep me busy. The general stood up from his desk and walked over to lean against the front of the desk facing MacGyver. He paused for a moment before responding. I understand. Responsibility to one's family should come first. There have even been a few times I've considered retiring myself. So you get it? Yes, I believe I do. Would you at least consider an alternative option? Alternative? What if? What if there was a situation where we needed to call on you? You wouldn't be away too long, and you'd be helping your country, or even your planet. Like a short-term assignment. How's that sound? The troubleshooter folded his hands behind his head and exhaled. Okay, that could work, uh, but do you really think there'd be a need to call on me? The general chuckled as he pushed off his desk and made his way back to his seat. <laughs> You'd be surprised the trouble we find ourselves in. Mac took a moment to consider what he just agreed to. A wave of excitement washed over him, yet he couldn't help feel but he might be a nuisance to some. He wanted to be in Jack's life, but didn't know if he felt the same. Hammond could see the look of concern on his face. Something wrong? Uh, are you sure no one would mind me being around? He was sure the general understood his concern. Just then, there was a knock on the open door behind him. Jack hesitantly peeked his head in and made eye contact with this commanding officer. Sorry to interrupt, sir. He then turned his attention to his twin. Hey, you busy this weekend? Uh, no. Why, what's up? Well, it... You haven't been to the cabin yet, and thought you might want to go fishing. Hmm? Mac glanced over to Hammond, who was watching with a warm smile across his face. Uh, yeah, sure. Sounds great. Jack gave a nod. Okay. <laughs> great. I'll see you when you're done here. Okay. And headed back down the hall. MacGyver and Hammond smirked at each other. About your concern? Mac happily waved off the question. Never mind. Turns out the SGC was full of surprises. And MacGyver couldn't wait.
The MacGyver SG-1 audio series is written, performed, and produced by Mac Jackson. Original music by Brian Bosowski. Additional artwork by Jared Brown of Darkstream Studios. Nathan Shell of Commission Credentials. And Ermel Mall. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Join our Facebook group and follow on Twitter at MacWJackson. Donations on PayPal at MacWJackson at Comcast.net. Special thanks to Richard Dean Anderson and everyone in the MacGyver and Stargate family. Thanks for joining the adventure. Testing. Can anyone hear me? My name is Toby. I'm one of the hosts of the Secret Transmission Podcast. We do a satire show all about conspiracies, UFOs, the paranormal, cryptozoology, true crime, and much more. Our show is transmitted to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and many other podcast apps. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Secret Transpod. We hope you come listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Yeah.